Welcome to another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I'm also host of Love from the Hip. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. This show was created to put your skepticism of the unknown to rest and to make spiritual sense. Today on Go Beyond the Veil, we are excited to have Wick and Blake Malloway on our show. Wick and Blake are the owners of Malloway Brothers Spells, Charms, and Potions located in the Rogers Park neighborhood of Chicago. As Midwestern locals, they have been circling around the Chicago area community for a while, joining magical groups, vending at events, and teaching their own classes. Their fascination and enthusiasm for the craft led them to taking magical pilgrimages across the pond to Cornwall, England, to learn from the village witches themselves. With all of the wisdom they gained, they finally decided to create and open their own magical shop so that they too could teach others, do card readings, cast spells, and make potions with their own brand of witchery. While they are serious about their business, they still manage to maintain being their own goofball selves. Wick has been working up his magical skills his entire life. He began by innocently talking to the trees, making nests for fairies, and brewing noxious potions with the neighbors. Eventually, by the time he was getting more done with magic than without, he decided to take on the title of a witch. Now he focuses much of his magic on folk magical traditions and crossroad packs to cast spells for clients and, of course, his own mischievous endeavors. Blake, too, has been a lifelong witch. He would often find himself having enchanted connections with toads, hawthorn trees, and pails of rainwater without any knowledge as to why. It didn't take long, however, for this scholarly witch to hit the books and read his way across many occult libraries. His magic now hops around many ancient traditions to summon spirits, conjure up potions, and devise the future for his curious patrons. Historically, witchcraft was synonymous with paganism which has a long history dating back thousands of years. Paganism is an earth-based religion whose practitioners worship nature and believe that there's something out there greater than humankind, which can be accessed and invoked through ritual. Unfortunately, over the centuries, witches were misunderstood and demonized for their practices. And in the 16th and 17th centuries, thousands of people were accused and killed for practicing witchcraft. Today, modern witchcraft is a movement that has been propelled out of the forest of old and into the mainstream. The practice of witchcraft is growing rapidly, and one estimate proposed that there are up to one million practitioners of witchcraft today around the U.S., in big cities, small towns, and in the countryside. Some of these witches practice Wicca, which is a narrow subset of witchcraft with more specific gods, goddesses, symbols, and holidays. But many, many more practice a broader, indefinable brand of witchcraft based on sensitivity, a highly developed intuition, and a strong connection to nature and the unseen. So you don't want to miss what we have brewed up for you today. Don't go anywhere. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. 
the passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Welcome back to this episode of Love from the Hip Presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. Join us here on KKNW every second Wednesday of each month and every second Sunday at noon on KBKW and 9 p.m. on Cape Town Zone Radio as we try to put your skepticism to rest and make spiritual sense. Today we have the pleasure of having Wick and Blake Malloway on our show. Wick and Blake are witches and the owners of Malloway Brothers Spells, Charms, and Potions, located in Chicago. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going today? (laughs) So excited to have you on. This is going to be a fun subject. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially so, this time of year, right? Exactly. I know. Again, make it really cool. So <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> so I want to ask you both how you would define the term witch or the practice of witchcraft. Ooh, it's starting easy. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll quick start with this question. Go ahead. I, don't know, I feel like it's a bit of a fumbly question because everyone's going to have a different definition for it. Um, for me, a witch is something that's very practical, um, very kind of like down to... Not down to earth, because it is kind of like a little woo-woo, but it's something where you're really like in the actual dirt itself. Um, it's something where you're using magic itself to deal with your everyday life situations. Yeah, and um, this is uh, Blake. Um, I, I would say that for me, a witch is someone who um, has a strong connection to magic and is able to use it to take care of life's everyday situations right we use it to make living better um Mm. to make life easier it's a tool um and for us we place a lot of emphasis on the operative and the results oriented side of it um but that does not mean for us we don't also have a deep connection to to spirituality as a result um but spiritual enlightenment is not the primary goal of witchcraft at least from from our lens Mm. yeah so uh, we talked about this a little bit in the bio, but at what age did you realize you were practicing witchcraft? I think for me, I know I was like a definitely trying for magic my entire life, but I think um, I started using the word witch itself probably like around uh, when I was like a, somewhere between 10 and 15. Like, yeah, and I... Um... I've been practicing the craft for as long as I can remember, but I would, I would not always say that it was, it was witchcraft. Um, you know, you already talked about, I think the toad in the beginning that had a habit of hopping up to the front door every morning. And I would of course talk to this toad. Gosh, I was was such an odd child. (laughs) (laughs) Weren't we all? I know. Um, But, and then you read about the whole folklore of witches later on in life, and you see the whole connection of witches talking to spirit familiars and spirit guides. And um, it all just kind of connected the dots from there. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, though, that I was around 11 or 12 years old when I officially took on the mantle of of witch. Um, I was sitting on the bus, and one of my friends drew a pentagram on my uh on my uh wrist with one of those old uh gel pens and uh she said you're a witch now just kind of being silly about it and i feel like for her it was just a uh a joke a joke but oh something happened in that moment i mean everything else just kind of snowballed from there your awakening (laughs) your initiation 
Bus number 93. That's number 66. (laughs) And and so how did your friends and family react when you guys came out using the term witch? Yeah, actually, I was weirdly just talking to my mother about this not too long ago. And, uh, she she said something so nice. It just it just gave me tingles. Um, but she was saying like how proud she was of me and yada yada. She's a mother. They always say that. But she was like specifically saying that she was proud that I um, stuck to who I was when I was six years old and just mm. kind of kept going down that road. So I think like her reaction was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> there's, there's like no big surprise there. And, yeah, and we were never um, we were never raised. Uh, under the belief that, oh, you know, witchcraft is evil or you must go by the church or you're going to hell. It was always just, hey, let's let's just make sure we're doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and with that mentality, we were just kind of left to pursue our own devices. And fortunately, that that led us down the path of witchcraft. That's great. Well, and parents always know we just wait for you to catch up. <laughs> so so I have to ask, why not call yourselves warlocks? Yeah, that's a, a good question. Um, there are some that do. Um, there are several uh, male witches out there who are um, taking back the reins on that word and, and calling themselves warlocks. I have heard, and again, I, I can't validate this, um, so you kind of have to do some, some research on your own with this, but um, that the word warlock actually comes from um, the Anglo-Saxon warloga, which means twister of truth or betrayer. So it was somebody that would um, that would have you know lied and and worked to infiltrate covens and things like that. Um, and in in the modern era, um, it's not so much a word that that usually has connotations. But to be fair, witch didn't for the longest time either. Um, so you kind of have to do some some research and digging on that. But for us, the word witch just felt the most appropriate. Mm. And you guys are the the first male witches I've ever met. <laughs> oh my gosh! Really? <laughs> yeah, so special. I, f- I feel <laughs> special. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the first witches I've met at all. So yeah, well, I still yeah. feel I still feel special. He though. doesn't know me. Yet. He doesn't. Know <laughs> well, me, I mean, <laughs> I don't hang around with all of Sakura's friends. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of talking about that negative connotation. Do you th- do you feel like? The word witch still has that in in modern day, or is that kind of dissipated over time? I feel like, I think it is dissipating, but I think it's still kind of there. I think like in Halloween, you definitely see it. There's like the cackling wicked witch. But honestly, I think that kind of adds to it. It's a little bit of the fun with it. I think a lot of people kind of gravitate to that dark side a little bit or the mischievous side. Um, So that could be a big part of why people jump into it in the first place. But it's definitely not like it was before. I mean, I have not recently been um, mailed to a stake or anything. So I'm <laughs> thank goodness. That's always a successful day. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you guys, how many types of witches are there today? Oh my gosh. Um, as Seven. many witches as there are out there. Um, and, <laughs> and that's one of the things I, I, I think is important to clarify. Like our views of magic are our own views of magic, right? Mm-hmm. Um everything is true and nothing is true. That's kind of the occult maxim. And and what we mean by that is the way that we practice our craft might be totally different than the way, you know, a witch next door practices their craft. And um, while we may not subscribe to their techniques, ideas, beliefs, whatever, it doesn't negate from the fact that what they're doing isn't, is witchcraft. Um, so as many witches as there are out there, there are different, those are, that's the amount of witchcraft types that, that we have. Okay. Yeah. So, and I have to mention, so growing up in Chicago myself, um, you know, witchery and being a witch wasn't glorified, right? (laughs) And I feel like it's a rough city. So kudos to you both. Why do you think it's becoming so much more popular? Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot to, I think um, a big part of it is that it's really hanging on a lot of uh, the feminist movement and the idea of sort of self-empowerment. And a lot of people are seeing magic as a way for people to be self-empowered. Mm. Um, so it's easy for them to kind of take this idea and run with it. And I think, uh, I think like uh, there's more to witchcraft than just self-empowerment. I think there's a lot of actual like magic and hard work in there, but if that's something that helps people find magic, then I think that's great. And if they stick with it and go further with it, that's going to be awesome. I will say that, um, you know, working, I mean, having the store, uh, we are fortunate enough to get to meet several different types of witches. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like a good number of them uh, use the word witch as a 
um, statement. Um, and they don't really actually involve themselves with the deep down to earth, oftentimes, you know, scary and laborious practice of, of magic. Um, they just use it to make a statement, mm. um, which is fine, um, you know, to each their own. But um, I think that's a part of the reason we hear so many people like calling themselves witches these days. Yeah. Um, I would question how many of it, how many of these people calling themselves witches take it beyond just using the label as a statement and um, actually work the craft. So it went from you don't talk about it to now it's being used very loosely is what you're saying. More trendy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very trendy now. Yeah. Are, and I'm like, we've got the war wounds to prove all the war wounds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I'm curious, Eve, you used the word magic a few times. How would you define magic? Ooh, ooh, that's juicy. I think um, I would define magic as kind of like a, definitely, for me, it's something that's supernatural. It's kind of like the supernatural cause behind things. Um, and I'm, we could really get into it. I wouldn't I don't know exactly like what it is, if it's something that's um, uh, controlled by gods or if it's something that's um, more like an energy source, but I think it's whatever witches tap into to actually do witchcraft. Um, and I would view magic, I mean, the, this might sound a little textbook, but it summarizes it nicely, at least from my eyes. Um, but witchcraft is just creating change in accordance with one's will. Um, you know, and I usually add the caveat of by means not normally accessible to the general population. Mm. Uh, so that's that's kind of my take on it, yeah, the Crowley take. Got, and, and for both of you, because you kind of mentioned that like witchcraft for you isn't really about this, isn't so much about the spiritual side, I think that's what you said. And so is it that you actually, it doesn't matter to you where this is coming from or how it's working, you just, you just believe that it is, you've seen the efficacy and you love doing it. Is that correct statement? Um, kind of. I, I, I think I made that original statement, so I'll, I'll start, and then I think Wick has something to say on that as well. Um, but just because spiritual enlightenment is not our end goal does not mean we consider ourselves devoid of spirituality, um, mm -hmm. at least from my perspective. Like, I view witchcraft, like the power itself, coming from one of three places. That's either the power from within, the power from the landscape, or the power from the spirit world, which is like the spirits and gods and goddesses and all these other deities that, that so many... Um, pagans align themselves with. Um, I will say that while we have used magic for mystical or spiritual purposes in the past, um, at its root for us, it, it's about living. It's about mm. experiencing life, like with wholeness and freshness of it all right now, right here, right? So um, that's like kind a of a breeze commercial. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's kind of like the, my take on it. So yeah. oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, Wick. Um, I was I pretty much agree with a lot of that. The main thing that I would say in there is that um, spiritual and religious, I think, are definitely two different things. And it's very much not religious for us. Um, but spiritual, I feel like it can definitely go into that zone. I know for me, a lot of my power, like I try to mostly work on drawing it from myself instead of outward forces that I don't really know as much. Um, so it's like a power that raises from inside of myself. But I try to make sure um, that I'm not doing anything where I'm worshiping anything or... Um, kind of seeing myself as under anything else. Got it. So regardless of if witches are more trendy now, would you say, though, it's helping people to kind of evoke their inner magic? I, yes and no. I think it's instilling within some people confidence. Mm -hmm. However, these people, um, a lot of people just think that it's going to be a quick band-aid to all of mm -hmm. their problems, right? Yeah. They're going to flip open one spell book, you know, jump to page 364 and get disappointed when their one simple chant doesn't make them win the lottery. And it's like you skip 363 pages of buildup on that. Sorry, Rory. That's why I'm hiring yeah. you guys. <laughs> yeah, I completely understand. Exactly. <laughs> but the difference is, though, you don't call yourself a witch, right? Mm. Um, so I think that's where that's where um, it, it can give people a sense of confidence. And if they just think it's going to be a, you know, no no work at all put into it no training no exercises no working the actual work like act of magic it's it's gonna you know they're gonna yeah. feel like that i think it'll awaken the right people though like for you like your gel pen thing um yes. like that like, <laughs> <laughs> your initiation right yes, your, yes. your bus initiation like My that, that initiation. can happen to like a thousand people and if one person becomes a witch from that then that's a good thing but it, the rest yeah. of the people might not 
you know, I'm still friends with her on Facebook. I should message her and say <laughs> <laughs> that moment changed yeah. your life forever. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> um, so how do you know witchcraft works? Ooh, good question. Um, go ahead. You want to go first? Yeah. I feel like, um, for a while, it definitely took us a while to kind of be able to start casting spells that were actually effective. I think, um, when you start looking at things scientifically, you're very much looking at it like a cause and effect. Like how many times can you do this thing before it's starting to fail for you? And I think for us, we've cast spells so many times and had immediate results that were exactly what we're going for, that it's impractical at some point for us to say that it's not actually magic. Or uh, it's just like, I mean, I remember one time Wick and I, you know, you work with your family, you're going to get into spats every now and then. <laughs> um, and I remember one time we got into a fight and I won. Uh, no, shush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, um, I remember uh, me coming into the shop or like out of the back room. I don't remember what the situation was exactly. And just saying something along the lines of, we need to communicate more. Um, and then <laughs> turns out he had just cast a spell to increase communication. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> it is like, a, I mean, Paula, I mean, it's stuff like that that just happens time and time again. And I'm like, okay, one time coincidence, two times, eh, maybe not three times. Come on. And now we know that it's magic. Yeah, you know? definitely right. cast that spell at least three times. <laughs> um, you know, we've all, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was going to ask you when you're casting and making potions or doing the craft, are you then channeling, connecting with another plane? How would you describe it? What's actually I, happening when you're doing it? I, I There's a practice in the craft. Um, call it whatever you want. A lot of Wiccan groups will call it raising a cone of power. A lot of um, more of the traditionalists will call it treading the mill. Um, but it's the act of stirring up power. And you do this by so one of several methods, either by you know pacing in a circle around the object that you're charging, or gesturing the hands over it, and um, or uh, chanting repeatedly to yourself. You know, um, and the idea is the more you do this, the more um, you shift outside of everyday consciousness. So you've got the shift out of the mundane. You've got the chanting that's that's helping you refine your intent. And then the more separated you get from the mundane, the the more the power tends to build and you can actually feel it building and, and making your entire body tingle. And once it's at the point of like that, that point of climax, you just kind of let it go into the object that you're charging or the spell that you're casting or whatever the case might be. Hmm. Uh, so that's, that's kind of how it feels for me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, that's interesting though, thinking of it as like channeling or not channeling um, because there is this idea in witchcraft or in a lot of things, the idea of as above, so below. Right. And um, with a lot of witches, there's um, the idea of either you're calling on outward forces or you're calling on something in yourself, but we have like a spark of a divine inside ourselves. And that's sort of what we'd be growing and pulling from. So there's either the outward divine or the inward divine. Um, and maybe they're different things. Maybe they're the same thing. So it's hard to say if you're channeling something or you're tapping into something, I guess. Mm. I a, a difference too based on like the power from where you draw your power you know like that's when i raise power internally but like i said before i also view power coming from the spirit world um in a recent example of this um we were in a cemetery at midnight which is really hard to come by in chicago <laughs> um, <laughs> and um we had gone through a ritual to to summon the dead to communicate with the dead and we were both um, tranced out at midnight in a cemetery. No drugs. We were not doing drugs. <laughs> That's <laughs> good. Good boy. Uh, <laughs> and um, I, I, I had this incredibly vivid conversation with the spirit. And the creepy part was um, I heard the spirit say, like, all right, oh, you should probably open your eyes now. It's about to get dangerous. And I opened my eyes in that instant and standing five feet away from me was a coyote. <laughs> no way. Like it was, <laughs> I swear to gosh, I swear to everything. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. It, it, and that was like, a, I mean, that definitely did not come from me. Like you can tell the difference when something's internal versus when it's external. And that was definitely something that was external. Um, so it just, it feels different than when you're raising it and, and doing things on your own. Well, thanks for sharing that. And with that, we're going to take a break, but everyone stick around for more Go Beyond the Veil. 
Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial designed for your rugged skin. A deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one, two, three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A. SkinAndMind.com. If you are struggling in your marriage, just starting out in a new relationship or are single and looking to do better next time, geez, if I got great news for you. Hi, we're Tom and Stacey Bartley. We are the hosts of Love Shack Live, which airs on KKNW 1150 AM every Thursday at 1 p.m. PST. Yeah, come on over and join us. We'd love to connect with you over there. You betcha. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to another Love from the Hip presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. Don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook as well as Instagram, and check out our podcast on SoundCloud. Today we have the pleasure of having Wick and Blake Malloway on our show. Wick and Blake are witches and the owners of Malloway Brothers Spells, Charms, and Potions, located in Chicago. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hi. All right. So when we, when we left, you were talking about a crazy story in the graveyard. I'm curious, do you have other crazy stories? And can you share some of them? Oh, we yeah. have a bunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like, uh, okay. Let's, oh, yeah. let's try to get the craziest. The crazy. Okay. I know. I know this one was actually pretty cool. We were um, doing this one spell because I feel like every once in a while, I just kind of got to do something a little bit for no reason. Do a spell just to see if you can do it. And we were doing um, a weather <laughs> spell one time. And uh, we were on my roof, and uh, I know at the time the skies were really blue. It was sunny, shiny, like all snow white, and birds were chirping. <laughs> and we thought it would be fun just to kind of do a spell to summon a really big storm. So we did this spell, and it was what it was a really cool spell. We had to put together like a like a big fire um, that rose a bunch of black smoke, and we were chanting over it and circling it. And I think the spell itself probably lasted like five minutes. Um, but during those five minutes, um, by the end of it, the skies went completely from blue to black and by the time we got back inside it started thunderstorming um so we were pretty proud of like how quick that one actually came in i mean Hmm. it just came from out of nowhere and uh i'm not even joking blue skies birds chirping sun shining i mean it was literally straight out of a disney movie and then we finished (laughs) chanting and i'm not even the sky turns black it starts pouring rain i even think we got those little baby hails Oh right! But I was actually we did um we did a workshop again on like a storm raising um where we like pu- pulled all these people out to the forest and like we we were revving ourselves up so much because we were like oh man we did this the, another time and we were amazing at it so we were kind of like promising them the same thing mm-hmm. and I think by the end of it we were like oh god are we gonna be able to do it again and uh, luckily yeah like by the end of it the same thing happened again <laughs> we, and here was the cool part about the second time you could look out the window and you could see the storm. But if you held up your phone and pulled up the weather app, it said, currently, sunny and 79. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if you can come to Seattle and do the reverse. Right. Just come here in wintertime or, and just make it sunny. Yeah. Oh, be, I would pay a lot of money. Or for help that. people with outdoor weddings here in Seattle, because that's a oh, big that'd one. that'd be a huge Actually, market. it's a moneymaker here, you guys. <laughs> According to uh, folklore, though, rain on the wedding day is a sign of blessings from the gods. Oh. Uh, well, like, what's our chance? 90, 95% yeah, yeah, chance, chance here. That you, yeah. 
Lots of gods. 95 <laughs> So are there good witches and bad witches? And what is your take on hexes on exes? I mean, hexes and curses. <laughs> Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I would uh, be lying if I said I never invoked a pox of blisters raw and boiled. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, I think um, <laughs> he's pretty good at that. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think there's definitely good witches and bad witches because there's good people and bad people. And there's also very middling people. I would think um, in all seriousness on that, I think uh, you've got bad Christians, you've got bad Jews, you've got um you know bad i mean you've just got i mean every culture religion tradition is going to have their whack jobs right and mm -hmm. uh witchcraft is is no different um i remember one time we had somebody come in the shop and he was such a goofball um even more so than we were and he yeah. was like i just like to do evil things like i'm a pretty evil guy okay <laughs> All right, dude. So that's fine. Um, and then the funny part was like, I just, you get the feeling, right? Like, Oh, this guy, something's not right with this. And, um, I walk around the corner after walking back to the register and I'm like, all right, so where's the occult tarot that I just saw? And he was like, Oh, I, I put it back, uh, behind the, behind the book someplace. And I was like, well, then how come I can see it in your bag right now? And then <laughs> the guy just starts freaking out. And, um, the funny part was I had, I did not see it in his bag. I just kind of went off of intuition on that. But like, that's my point though. Like you get those, those, I mean, idiots in every culture and tradition and witchcraft is no differently. Okay. And so have you ever had to reverse a curse? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah oh, like yeah. yesterday yeah. at two o'clock. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, people do come in a lot um, looking if they're cursed and then looking for us to reverse it. And I think that is probably one of our, most regular spells that we work are curse reversals. And so how can you tell the difference between someone having an actual curse and someone just, you know, not really? I will, I will say that in most scenarios, it's 95% of the time not going to be um, another witch laying an intentional curse or a generational curse or a bloodline curse or something like that. The other 5% are the people that come into our store saying, I'm working on this bloodline curse. Can you help me pick out some ingredients? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I think um, a lot of times people can feel the effects of a curse by invoking one of three emotions from somebody just in every day. And that's envy, jealousy, or possessiveness. So when somebody holds one of these three feelings towards another person that can invoke the feeling and the effects of a curse without it actually being an intentional, let me open the gates of hell and lay a curse on you. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. All yeah. about energy. Yeah. And that's kind of where I view the effects of like cleansings, um, and you know, um, energy work, like just kind of coming into play for witchcraft because no matter what, we're always, someone's always going to piss somebody else off. Like we're going to piss people off just by, you know, saying what we say. Um, so it's good just to kind of rid yourself of that every now and then. And I, I think, you know, when we were young in our, our witchy lives, well, we had younger. younger. I was going to say, you're pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we've been known to to throw down a few curses, but I like to think that we've wisened up since then. Well, we had <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> All right. So out of, out, outside of supplies for casting blood curses, what are some of the things that people come to see you for? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of, I know um, Blake does a lot of the tarot readings at the shop and I'll do a lot of um, the spell castings. So between those, we keep ourselves pretty busy. And then uh, the shop itself has like a lot of pretty fun ingredients, I must say. Yeah. And uh, I think sourcing out new products for the store is probably one of my favorite things to do. Um, you know, we, we don't just have like one supplier that we go to for everything. We work with people literally all over the world to find things. We had an occultist from Sweden who made us a um, horned God ritual mask. Um, we had a um, folk witch from Lithuania. I think it was Lithuania whip us up um six custom handmade spirit dolls um <laughs> wow. you know we had somebody from montana who had a horse pass away um clean out their skull and send the skull to the shop and um now everyone comes in and will stroke the horse skull asking <laughs> <to bring them laughs> yeah. um and uh 
And that's the kind of stuff that you just, you don't find at any other store. And that's one of the things that makes us and unique. We, we do try to like custom do as much stuff as we can. So we'll make a lot of our own charms. We'll make oils and potions and powders and all of that stuff too. And a lot of times um, people come in looking for something specific and we'll be able to muddle that together for them or make a charm bag in the shop and something like that. Well, I have to say I love your store. And the funny thing about your store is that it's in the neighborhood of where my best friend and my brother live. And neither one of them, and they've lived there for years, have ever walked by your store, have ever come upon it. So I felt like, you know, Harry Potter and the platform. I mean, it just appeared for me. And I walked right in and then I met you both. And it was amazing. We used to say like, oh, we've got spells on the store. See, we find us if you need us. And I'm like, in hindsight, worst business decision ever. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember I put that one on like very early on and then no one found us. And I was like, oh, this is a crap. (laughs) (laughs) So aside from all the things you do in your store and all the things that you go ahead and source, what are the issues that people come in to see you for? What are the most common issues? I, I, I'll let Wix talk more on the specifics of this because he does most of the spell casting, but just from like the, the shop standpoint, I feel like a lot of the needs tend to be the same as they were, you know, hundreds of years ago. Um, okay, people, my cow won't make milk anymore. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> <laughs> my chicken won't lay golden eggs. <laughs> well, like people want to feel protected. They want love. They want, you know, riches and stuff like that. And, and, that's, um, I mean, a lot of that has been consistent. Now, I think Wick has had some pretty fun, um, unique requests from folks. Yeah, I feel like um, like most of the ones that I do see, and I, I mentioned it before, curse breakings are really big, um, and cleansings. A lot of people like coming in for cleansings. Um, but love is always going to be a big one. That was one that was big like hundreds of years ago, and it's a huge one now. And um, something to kind of like help bring in more money also is huge. Um, but I do, I do always like when you get something really random and specific that I like to work towards. So those are those are fun spells to cast, but usually it's the big ones, protection, love, and money. So what what, what is the goal when you're casting a spell about love? Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> is it I self-love? To, um... Are you trying to make someone that doesn't like you fall in love with you? Or like, what's happening <laughs> here? Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's where it gets really tricky because I always tell people um, that we're not going to do any spells that are going to work against someone's free will mm-hmm. or um, make someone else fall in love with them. So we have very specific spells to work on, either ones that we'll cast on the person who came in themselves, um, like a like a spell to help draw in love towards them or draw in a certain kind of person, but not someone specific. Um, or we'll work on spells to kind of like reignite something that's already there. So like if they're in a relationship and things are trying, kind of getting a little bit meh, um, we'll do a spell to kind of make it more, ooh. Usually we just, <laughs> usually though, we just tell them not to be such a terrible person and see if that fixes the problem. We don't not tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> so part witch, part therapist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't that always the case? <laughs> right, I, feel like, I feel like it is. We did have someone come in, though, um, asking if we could make Emma Watson fall in love with him. Oh. So that was fun. Get um, in line. Get in line. <laughs> yeah, if you were successful. Hermione, that's, right? Yeah. That's Hermione, right? Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to take another break. But everyone stick around for more Go Beyond the Veil. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A. S-U-T-T-E-R dot com. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. 
This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at asteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Is your tween starting to experience a change in their skin? Want to get them on an easy at-home routine and have good skin hygiene? Allow Sakura Skin in Mind to help your tween out. This brief, deep cleansing and educational 35-minute facial is just enough to get your tween, ages 10 to 12 years old, started off in the right direction. Sakura Skin in Mind uses the latest in the clinical skincare industry to care for your tween the right way. Sakura Skin in Mind, treating skin out there with an ounce of treatment and a pound of protection. Call 206-730-7429 or go to sakuraskinandmind.com. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Welcome back to another Love from the Hip Presents Go Beyond the Veil. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, intuitive energy healer, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. Today we have the pleasure of having Wick and Blake Malloway on our show. Wick and Blake are witches and the owners of Malloway Brothers Spells, Charms, and Potions, located in Chicago. Hey guys, so I'm curious, um, what is in a modern day witch's toolbox? Yeah, definitely eye of newt. No, I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> Some type of eye. Mm. Okay. <laughs> right. um, Doesn't just, have to be newt. Just yeah. kidding. Um, I think uh, this is going to depend on the witch. For me, I try to work as much off of the local landscape as I possibly can. So um, if I'm doing a spell that's like not at home or something, I'll go out into the woods and I'll take with me usually a, a blade of some sort for fashioning charms, a bit of twine for creating charms, um, candle, incense, um, and then some sort of offering to give to the spirits of the woods. And anything else that I need, I, I try to find um, on the land as, um, as best I can. Yeah. yeah, I think that is kind of the best way to go about it. I like keeping it really simple. Um, I usually have twine too. Like I, I love twine. So anything with twine is my jam. Um, <laughs> love herbs, but I usually like finding those out in the wild too. Um, yeah. I always have this certain powder that I've made. Um, and I carry that with me as much as possible whenever I'm out doing something because it's a really good add-in in a lot of things. You just sprinkle think, it over people's heads as you walk by. Yeah, while they're <laughs> sleeping and stuff like that, usually. Or on pizza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think most witches um, like a, will have something that is a representation of each of the four elements. So they'll either have like like the four element things themselves, like water, fire, earth, and air, or something to represent them, like a wand, a knife, a cup. And a pentagram is pretty usual for that. Mm. What about yeah. a broom? Oh my God, yeah, oh my we need gosh. transportation. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's cool is on Halloween, around Halloween time, so we have this coming up in about a week, better prep for this actually. We um, usually do a workshop where we teach everyone how to make brooms Fun. and then we actually show them how to fly them. I'm not even kidding. No way. Way. <laughs> I they, kid you not. Are they electric powered or how's that work? <laughs> all the kids no, are using electric right. now uh, all the kids are electric. Uh, no they're real we, we show them how to use the brooms to induce a uh, spirit flight uh, is this now astral travel it's a uh, similar yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, I, I feel like um there's a lot of stigma around astral travel being um i'll tend to be a little new agey so a lot of folks try to use spirit flight to sound more archaic than they are. So it's the same concept in my opinion. Okay. It just sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> sounds so fascinating. Sound cool. I, like I may that. have to fly home for that. 
<laughs> so, so you guys were gonna you were gonna share a spell over the airwaves with my listeners today. So, can you yeah. go ahead and walk us through that? Yeah. So, um, Wick and I actually led this ritual for um, Chicago Pagan Pride this year, and it's a um, spell that someone can use to light the way for the dead. Um, so we're at the time of the year when the veil between the worlds thins, culminating on Halloween, where it's the thinnest. And so now is the time that we start doing the preliminary work to guide the spirits back over, to commune with them, work with them, and then we usually have a spell or a, a celebration of sending on Halloween on Halloween itself. Um, so this is a way for, for folks to connect um, with the spirit world with greater ease and, and kind of lay the framework for what um, type of uh, work you want to do with the spirit world throughout this time of the year. Wonderful. Yeah. So um, we can talk through like what the steps are for this and, and how we how we cast the spell. Um, and then Wick and I can uh, recite the incantations together just so you guys get a feel for what the chanting sounds like. Ooh, I love me some incantations. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Let's go. And then uh, so the first thing someone's going to want to do is just take a white candle. Um, a plain white candle. And then the candle is addressed and made to represent the dead, the spirits that you wish to call. Um, so a witch working the spell might carve the name of their beloved dead, the names of their family lines, their ancestors, or any spirits that they're working or seeking communion with throughout this time of the year. Um, any representations of the spirits may be kept nearby, whether these are photos, articles of clothing, a favorite book, a favorite food, favorite drink. Um, the idea is we are creating um, the sense of life for the spirits to be drawn to. Um, and then after that, um, the witch bows their head and just spends a moment in silence to um, you know, recall the presence of the spirits and taking a moment to see and feel and experience them as if they were actually there. Um, what we usually tell folks is, you know that feeling of running up the stairs at night and um, it almost feels like someone's walking up behind you? Like that's the feeling that you're going for when you're, you're seeking that connection with the spirit world. Um, after you kind of get into that space, you light your incense, and we recommend using a mixture of frankincense, tobacco, and sandalwood. Um, the four ways, the north, south, east, and west compass points of the circle are then suffumigated with the smoke while the witch chants. By the smoke, these roads are drawn through the veil between dusk and dawn. And the witch keeps chanting that while letting the smoke flow into the north, south, east, and west. And the idea here is, here is that we're opening up the central point of power um, for the spirits of the other world to draw forth. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And there's, uh, there's a little bit more to it. Do you want us to keep reading or go through the rest of it? How much longer is it? Um, we've probably got about another two lines. Okay. Read the other yeah, two yeah, lines, please. Okay. Perfect. Yep. So the idea is then you're, you're forming that connection with you. You're, you're leaving an offering of your own line. And then you're uh, saying to yourself... Um, blood, blood to, to blood, blood and bone to bone, heart to heart, I call you home. And you keep repeating those words while letting the spirits draw forth. And then once you feel their presence in your circle, you you begin the act of communion with them. Wonderful. That was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go practice. <laughs> so why would you recommend witchcraft to anyone? Well, yeah. oh, go ahead. I wouldn't say it's for everyone. Um, Cause like not, not everyone's gonna be an artist, not everyone's gonna be a singer, not everyone's gonna be a witch. But I think for people who do want to practice witchcraft, it's something that's really good first create creatively um, if they really wanna kind of uh, work into something. Cause you can personalize it so much for your own practice and who you are in your lifestyle. But it's also something that just gives you a lot of power and the ability to kind of take control in your life of things that most people would not really be able to control. Yeah. And um, from my perspective, I would actually say, uh, no, <laughs> I would not recommend it for everyone. <laughs> there, um, there have actually been people that have called asking about products and stuff like that. And you can tell that their life is just such a mess that no oil is going to fix all of the problems that they have. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and in those scenarios, I mean, we're pretty direct and we're like, look, you've got a bunch of other stuff that you need to focus on. Our, our products are probably not a good fit for you right now. <laughs> At least you're honest. Yeah, I like the direct yeah. approach. <laughs> so yeah. what what would you say is the first step to practicing witchcraft for those that should be practicing witchcraft? I think um, for me, my first step was always kind of like find that thing that really inspires you um, to become a witch in the first place and just 
dig into that as much as possible. There's going to be a lot of people telling you, these are the rules. This is what witchcraft is. This exists, but this doesn't. And you kind of got to ignore all of that. Just look straight ahead to what you're looking for and keep going down that road because there's not really any rules or impossibility in magic. Um, you just kind of got to find the way that works for you. So be stubborn is my first <laughs> Check. <laughs> and and how, how do you both incorporate witchcraft into your daily lives? Oh my God. I do it with everything. I feel like um, I use it for um, red lights, uh, parking spots. <laughs> I use it to make food taste better, um, get the Wi-Fi better, all of that stuff. Um, but I also have this ritual that I do every night that's a little bit more on the serious side just to kind of boost my own power and align me with what I'm working with. Um, so I'll I'll have like the fun practical things and then I'll have a bit of a deep thing at the end. Yeah, and I, I would say, um, I mean, pretty comparable. Like we said in the beginning, for us, witchcraft is about living. It's about life, right? So um, there's no distinguishing point between Blake Malloway, witch, and Blake Malloway, business professional, and, and Blake Malloway. You know, there's just... Um, it's all just so seamlessly intertwined with with one another that there's no dividing line for me. It's just I'll I'll do it as naturally as breathing or making dinner or something like that. Yeah, I imagine it just becomes habit, just becomes part of your life after yeah, after like practicing, right? Yeah, a muscle. I really need to get more information on this red light spell, so I'm, I'm going to talk to you after the show. Hard <laughs> <laughs> got you to get coffee trapped by green when heard this snap. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm looking for a house. Can you help me? No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. Email me and I'll send you a spell that I used all the time with 100% success rate. Wonderful. Thank you. So yeah. how can our listeners learn more about you or follow you? Yeah, so we're on all of the social media sites, um, Malloway Bros on Instagram and Facebook, or you can check out our website at MallowayBros.com. And tell us where your store is located again. We're located at uh, 1407 West Morse Avenue in the Rogers Park neighborhood of Chicago. Chicago. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes, really appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, both of thank you. you. guys. Yeah. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to Eric, our amazing producer, KKNW, KBKW, The Talk of Grace Harbor, and Cape Town Zone Radio. Don't forget to subscribe and like our podcast, Go Beyond the Veil, anywhere you can find podcasts. And love the show? Let us know. Follow us and like us on Facebook and Instagram and tell your friends. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. You can find me at roryreich.com. Tune in every second Wednesday of each month here on KKNW at 2 p.m., every second Sunday at noon on KBKW, and at 9 p.m. on Zone Radio for more Go Beyond the Veil, where we We make make spiritual spiritual sense. sense.